You know, as, as a priest and a preacher, I've, I've often felt so uncomfortable when I hear certain things that preachers say or people from the pew um, about, you know, if you just have faith, God, God, God can heal you. And so, uh, so well, th- there's this young boy, 18-year-old, 19, uh, uh, my comadre, Helen Salcio, uh, writes me whenever she needs prayers for somebody. This boy uh, was driving his car uh, one night, I think, and through an intersection in a big rig ran the intersection, crashed into his car, just demolished the car, and, and he was in the hospital and, you know, hanging on for life, dear life. So she asked for the prayers. So I said, I'll pray. We prayed for him here. And uh, he has just done remarkably. And she is one of those ones who say, prayer will do it. And she's just convinced. She asked for prayers. She asked for a, a, an avalanche of prayers, and, and she says she gets results. But I wonder, if I came in here, if I were... Uh, uh, a paralytic. If I were in a wheelchair, I'd been in one for five years. Uh, maybe I had a spinal column break or something, and I, I just I couldn't function. You know, I had very little mobility. And I heard this passage. This would be troublesome to hear. I, I, I would. I think this would hurt. Because if I had prayed every day, Lord, heal me, help me, let me walk. And for five years now, I'm, I'm in this condition, and then I hear this story. I don't know what this would do to me. So I, I, I say this by way of introduction to say, the, the story's remarkable. A paralyzed person is given back the ability to walk. Um, it's dramatic. They can't get him in through the door because there's so many people, so they climb up on the roof with this body on a stretcher, open up the roof and drop him down on the stretcher in front of Jesus. It's drama off the chart. But the results are powerful too in that it's a double healing. First, Jesus goes for the deeper issue. Um, The Jews believed that sin was the the cause of of all evil, even including physical evil. So there often was thought if somebody were, were bad in body, it's because they were bad in spirit. So Jesus goes to the deeper. Your sins are forgiven. And of course, this causes an uproar. Only God can say that. Who is he? Who is he? And and to make the story more dramatic, Luke says, they didn't say that. They were thinking it. And Jesus knew what they were thinking. And then he responded to their thoughts and put them on the line. And then he says, what's easier to say? Your, your sins are forgiven? Anybody can say that. Who sees that? Or to say to a paralyzed person or a blind person or a deaf person, Get up and walk or open your eyes or listen. And it happens. Which is easier to say? Well, obviously, your sins are forgiven because who's going to prove it? But he says, but to show you, to prove to you, to teach you, I say, take up your mat and walk. And he does. So when we encounter this story, and here we are the second week of Advent, very early, the first half of Advent, we're given all this messianic language in Isaiah and, and this messianic type story of a paralyzed person being restored to the ability to walk. This is what's given to us. This is the meaning of the Messiah. Then I suggest to you that for us, we are here to encounter Christ the Messiah. Christ. We're, we're here to encounter him in word and in sacrament and in our own faith. And far more important 
then then fussing over, well, I'm paralyzed. Maybe I could walk again if I just had more faith or whatever. Look at all the ways that we're paralyzed. We get paralyzed physically is just one way. But I don't even think it's the worst way. There are a lot of paralyzed people physically that are so free in spirit. I I know a young man, uh, Ramon Rivera from my third parish, um, who... Uh, was dating a, a girl that uh, uh, she had been dating someone else, and they broke up, and that guy came and shot him. And he, uh, Ramon, ended up a, a paraplegic. He's in one of those chairs, and he has very little movement. He used to work on the cranes. He helped build the Disney Hall. Uh, he does it in his chair now. He has a company. This guy, I look at him, and I just say, Whoa, where do you get the courage? He may be paralyzed physically, but he ain't paralyzed in his spirit. There's no inner paralysis. He is a free man, much freer than, than me, I think, and a lot of people I know, most people. So here we are with this messianic language being poured all over us during this Advent. What do we get out of it? Are we a people that believe that we come to the Christ, he frees us from sin, the paralysis of sin. He frees us from the paralysis of fear, if we just open up and ask for it. He frees us from the paralysis of ignorance. We say, Lord, we're, we're not afraid to try and find truth no matter how it comes to us. And I'll end with this, because I'll probably mention it again, but yesterday um, I, I watched probably one of the most significant things I've watched in 10 years, it was a documentary by David Attenborough. Attenborough. He's a, a famous, he's 93 years old. He's traveled the earth, been in every jungle. He's encountered every kind of life form. He's, he's just a total, I don't know what you'd call him, a paleontologist, or I don't know what he is, but, but uh, he's famous, and he's done all kinds of films. Well, he did this one, and it's about the dying of the planet. Uh, it's extraordinary. I'll get the title and mention it later this week. Um, and he shows, he, he shows from like 1957 when he began to be very active and every 10 years or whatever, the growth of population and the, the diminishing of, of, uh, of, of a healthy planet. It, it's, it's just startling. And, um, and he's showing the death of the oceans and the death of the rainforest where they have, they've ended up just like burnt stubs. The coral has turned white because it's it's died. It's like bones now. It's and the, and the dying of the ocean. And I'm sitting there crying and sitting there saying, "God, we're doing this." And I said, "There's no hope." He said, 50 years." We're, he said, "The planet won't die. The planet can can reimagine its life, but we'll die. We're killing off ourselves." Now, there's a lot of people that say, I don't believe in this climate change business. Okay, whatever. But if anyone here says that, would we be open enough to say, well, maybe there's truth there. Let me really investigate. Let me not just take somebody, somebody's newscast. Let me investigate. Because if we're doing that, and finally at the end, he turns it around and says, but there is hope. And he shows how they have revitalized portions of the ocean and increased fishing, how they've revitalized uh, portions of the forest 
by reinvigorating it with all the, the, uh, the multiple trees instead of one brand of tree. And it shows how we, if we are unparalyzed in our thinking, what we could reimagine to rebuild our planet, what we can do. So I see this passage, these passages, as powerful invitations for us because what if, what if the future of the planet is in our hands and we do nothing? What if it is in our hands and we grab hold of this, we become un- un- unparalyzed in our thinking? Because I would say I was paralyzed with a lot of ignorance and this just opened my eyes. But what if this brought us to a place where we actually hear Jesus say, get up and walk, and we do. And we get up and begin to do what we can do, what we should do, what will make a real difference. That, I think, is Advent. And that's the invitation we're given today.